Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel, bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you will not hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he commanded in Ephesians 5.11. God states in his word that he would rise up ministries in the last days to do mighty exploits that would turn many to righteousness. Now here with vital insights from God's word is pastor and author Joe Schimmel. Praise the Lord, everybody. Glad to have you with us here at Good Fight Radio, where we learn to discern God's will for our lives, the difference between light and darkness, and good and evil, so we can glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, last week, we began to look at some Q&As. We uh, usually deal with subject matter, and within the context of the larger subject that we've been dealing with on the culture of death, uh, we're dealing with some questions a little bit, and then we'll get back into some of those topics. Uh, but we're looking at the question of judging. Uh, sometimes because we're an apologetics ministry, uh, prophetic ministry, apocalyptic type ministry, uh, warning people of things to come, uh, what we get is some flack about, hey, you know, from non-believers, judge not lest you be judged. Hey, you know, don't point out evil. Don't point out that abortion is wrong. Don't point out that, you know, uh, you know, taking advantage of, of young teens is wrong or whatever because judge not lest you be judged. And we read a question from a man by the name of Jay, and we dealt with that pretty extensively uh, because he quoted that scripture, judge not lest you be judged. And I pointed out that that seems to be the only verse that the lost world has memorized and really committed to memory, other than maybe Jesus' words, you know, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. Those seem to be, you know, the ones that those that atheists quote quite often and what have you, but they're totally taken out of their context. Uh, they don't mean that Christians aren't supposed to make critical judgments about what's right and wrong, good or evil, or uh, that Christians aren't supposed to stand against evil, that they're supposed to just allow it to overtake uh, the world and not point it out. That's not what those verses are saying at all, and we pointed that out last time. In fact, uh, we looked closely at Matthew 7 and began to work our way through uh, what Jesus is saying there right after he said, judge not lest you be judged. And it's interesting because we ended the program kind of halfway through or partway through that passage, and I was referencing the other verse that people use, or should I say misuse, uh, when Jesus was talking about, you know, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. He wasn't saying not to judge between that which is right and wrong, good and evil. What he was saying there was don't be hypocritical. And in, this, in that particular incident, they wanted to stone a woman, and Jesus wrote their sins on the ground, apparently. And as they began to see what he was writing, they left one by one. And that fits exactly with what Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 1, when he says, Judge not, they should be judged. But then he goes on to say, First take the beam out of your eye, then take the speck out of your brother's eye. Then help your brother. Then there's, uh, it's important to actually reach out to your brother and, and make judgments. In fact, we went on through Matthew 7. We'll do a little bit more of that uh, this time as well. But when we talk about the woman that was caught in adultery, these Pharisees, they had sin in their lives. They were living in sin. They were practicing sin. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44, you are of your father the devil. He said that they were servants of sin in that chapter, and here they were condemning other people. What they needed to know is that they were all sinners, that all of our sinners, we were all in need of the grace of God, we're all in need of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. But after we get this, the beam out of our eyes, we need to actually help other people who are stumbling through their dark on the way to hell, lest they perish forever. Now, Brother Tony, a uh, big part of our Good Fight ministry, uh, he started off the uh, show last week with asking a question 
from a guy by the name of Jay regarding uh, judging and Jay quoting that scripture, judge not that you should be judged and what have you. And uh, Tony's going to elaborate on what I was just saying a little bit in regard to our ministry and the woman who was caught in adultery and the misuse of that text. Yeah, what I find interesting in John 8, 7 is Jesus says, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. So we see a huge difference here in what people are accusing us of doing with our ministry when we expose the evil works of darkness, as it says in Ephesians 5.11. What we're doing is, yes, we, we mention celebrities and we show celebrities in their own words doing the things that they do, but we actually believe that they're being used oftentimes as puppets by the enemy. And we are exposing those evil works of darkness. It's not that we're necessarily attacking the celebrities personally, but rather we're bringing those dark items and things that they're involved in to the light. So when people say that we're attacking these people personally and acting like we're physically throwing stones at them, um, that's not even close to what Jesus is saying in John 8, 7. Actually, what we're doing is more along the lines of Ephesians 5, 11, where we expose the evil works of darkness and we bring it to the light. No, and that's exactly right. Rather than throwing stones at actual people and trying to hurt people, we actually pray for them. In fact, uh, just a little bit before the show, uh, you know, the two of us were praying for uh, celebrities, praying for rock stars and, and Hollywood stars and, and, and many of those who are purveying a, 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 you know, advertising evil, singing songs about, you know, suicide and glorifying uh, violence. And, and, you know, Jay-Z sings about, we, we pray for Jay-Z as well. He sings about, you know, murdering and raping children in a song called Monster. And that's about as wicked as it gets. But we pray for him. We pray that he gets saved. But at the same time, we're not going to just let these things take place and watch our youth, you know, be corrupted on a mass level and the inner city violence, and everything being fueled by uh, gas being poured in these fires by, you know, evil lyrics and evil messages. Kids need to be educated by their parents, but tragically, they're being educated by popular culture, the culture of death. And these things absolutely need to be pointed out. Now, it's interesting, Tony, uh, when Jesus was addressing that situation as I closed the last show. He didn't just wink at her sin, act like it was no big deal. Uh, he, he came down on those who were actually, you know, wanting to kill her when they were involved in sin themselves. And then what he said to her was, go and sin no more. He still addressed the sin issue. In fact, another place he dealt with a man that he healed and he said, go and sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. If we really love people, we have to warn them about sin. In fact, it's interesting because in Matthew uh, 7, Jesus goes on to talk about, after he says, judge not lest you be judged, then he says, take the beam out of your eye. Then he says, help your brother. Then take the speck out of his eye. And it's interesting, uh, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, there's a young man caught in sexual immorality there. He's having sex with his stepmother, says his father's wife, so I assume it was his stepmother then. And uh, Paul is coming down to the Church of Corinth because they aren't making judgments about this, because they're allowing it to flourish within their fellowship. He says, not even the Gentiles are doing this. In fact, Paul goes on to say, you know, he says, you know, you, you're rejoicing this, but you ought to be mourning. So it sounds like they had a libertine type spirit. Hey, we're saved by grace. Look what you can get away with in our church. Wow, that's horrific when you think about it. And Paul says, you ought to be mourning this. This is like a death is taking place in your church. And Paul says, cast out the leaven. You do away with, the, you know, you need to remove this person from your church. Not stone them, but if they're going to be part of your church, he says, a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. You put a little bit of yeast in your dough and that, that dough rises. You allow sin to fester in the church. You don't deal with adultery or, you know, different types of sins in the fellowship. It pollutes 
dilutes the whole fellowship. After a while, other people start thinking, wow, I guess you can be part of the kingdom of God and live like hell and still enter the kingdom of heaven. It's interesting because in that particular passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, listen to what Paul says. He says, your boasting is not good. He says, do you not know that a little leaven leavens a whole lump of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump just as you are in fact unleavened, for Christ our Passover also has been sacrificed. Then he also says, but I actually wrote to you not to associate with any so-called brother if he is in if he is an immoral person or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, not even to eat with such a one. He says, for what do I have to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge? Do you not judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside, God judges. Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. I mean, that's quite clear. That's there, uh, to be involved in judgment. This guy is having sex with his stepmother. He's not repenting of it. They need to say, hey, this place isn't for you. We're a Christian church. We follow Christ. You're not following Christ, and you need to be outside the fellowship. In fact, it's interesting because Paul goes on to say in verse 2, Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? So, wow, you got a law courts in the church even. That means judges and jurors and what have you. That means you have people in the fellowship who are saying, hey, this is right, this is wrong. Our criteria, of course, is always uh, the word of God. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 18, that if your brother sins, he says to confront him. So when Jesus is saying, you know, uh, first remove the beam out of your eye, he's not saying just sit idly after you've dealt with your sin. He says, go and take the speck out of your brother's eye after you've done that. We are our brother's keepers. We want to make sure they don't end up turning from the Lord, falling away. In fact, it's interesting because there he says, if your, your brother doesn't hear you, he doesn't repent. He says, go and bring one or two with you. He, you know, up the ante, go ahead and, you know, bring a couple other brothers, one or two others with you. So he understands the severity of his rebellion against God. And if he still won't listen to you, he says, then bring it before the church. And then if he doesn't hear the church, then he says at that point, you have to remove him and consider him like a tax gatherer or heathen because he is in blatant, you know, rebellion from God and refuses to repent. It's all remedial. It's not because Jesus wants people condemning each other and stoning people to death. He doesn't want us to stone each other. He wants us to pray for each other. He wants us to love each other. He wants us to love each other enough to warn one another when we're going in the wrong direction. That's why those those warnings are remedial so that there would be healing. That's why the Bible says, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy but faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you have a, if you have somebody you consider your friend you, and you know you're close to and you see them destroying their lives involved in adultery or or, or drunkenness or, or or you know sexual perversion uh you know these types of things uh just you know a full-blown drunkard I just one that gets drunk every once in a while drunkards won't inherit the kingdom. We have to care about those people. So if you love them, faithful are the wounds of a friend, you need to say, "Hey bro, hey sister, this is destroying your life. This is contrary to the word of God. You can't be a Christian and not walk consistently. You see, the scriptures actually tell us that the children of the devil can become obvious. In fact, 1 John 3.10 says, By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. So, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, right after Paul talks about dealing with this guy who's in fornication and what have you, and the concern that Paul shows for his soul, 
have him actually excommunicated for the church is the best thing that can happen to him because if he's in unrepentant sin and he continues in that state uh, and something doesn't happen to wake him up and he continues to think, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. Jesus loves me. I can continue to you know, fornicate or commit adultery and have sex with my stepmom, which is what was happening in 1 Corinthians 5. Uh, that guy is hellbound. In fact, Paul goes on to say in verses 9 and 10 of the, of the very next chapter, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So it's important that we understand that this is serious, and that's why we need to make certain judgments. We need to take certain actions as part of a fellowship, as part of a church. In fact, Paul tells Timothy, a young pastor, those who continue to sin rebuke before all that others may fear. And that's what's one of the huge problems in the church today is that there's so many hypocrites going to church that aren't following Jesus and they're not drawing people to Christ with the light of Christ in their walk. And people in the world say, hey, what's the difference between Christians and non-Christians? And they don't see Jesus in people. And in fact, if we walked according to the word of God and we practice these things, we shine the light of Jesus. We draw people to the light of Christ. We draw people to Jesus. So this is so important in regard to somebody's personal salvation, in regards to the witness that the church has to the lost, in regards to protecting ourselves from leaven. This has so many uh, layers of meaning that we practice right judgment. Now, just a little bit ago, we heard you read from 1 Corinthians 5.12, which reads, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Do you not judge those who are within the church? And some might have been thinking, okay, then why are you dealing with celebrities who uh, appear to be outside the church? Shouldn't you only be judging those within the church? And for those who might be thinking that, what would you have to say to that person? Now, some will say, well, yeah, that's fine. You could deal with people in the church and what have you. But, you know, Paul says that, you know, he's not judging outsiders. He judges within the church and what have you. And uh, therefore, you know, you, you can never say anything bad about anything that's going on in the world. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's talking about judging in the context of removing somebody from the church and actually doing something with a specific person. He's not talking about not exposing evil. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. Verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 5. He goes on to say in verse 13, But all things become visible when they are exposed by the light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason, it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So yes, we're supposed to shine the light of Christ on the unbeliever and the works of darkness so people can see that they're in darkness. You, you don't seek a remedy for cancer if you don't know you have cancer. It'd be a terrible doctor to see you know, your MRI results or you know, your CAT scan and say, wow, this guy's riddled with cancer, but I don't want to tell him. You know, I'll just let him go home so he doesn't know about it. You'd be livid if you would have known that you could have sought some kind of treatment uh, to deal with that cancer. And unfortunately right now, Satan is hiding the cancer that's infected the church and the world behind the misuse of Jesus' words, judge not, lest you be judged. All right, folks, we'll see you in 30 short seconds on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. If you'd like to learn more about our life-changing resources, such as They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll and The Submerging Church, check out our website at goodfightradio.org. 
All right, welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show, uh, where we're dealing with uh, apologetics. We deal with uh, you know witnessing to the lost. We shine the light of Jesus, what it means to follow Jesus, be a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ, and and uh, you know walk His talk and and be uh, genuine believers in the Lord. We've been dealing with the topic of judgment. Uh, we're in an apologetics ministry, so we we point out a lot of the darkness that's destroying our youth, destroying, you know, the world, many of those spiritual landmines that are just, you know, blowing families to pieces. And some will bring a scripture that states, you know, where Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged. And in the last show and then this one, we're looking at the whole context as to what's a Christian's role? Are they to not make any judgments at all? Or are we to make certain judgments? And we've covered a lot of ground. We've covered a lot of scripture uh, that shows the way Christians are to make judgment. And we point out when Jesus said, judge not lest you be judged, that that's isolated from its context and it's misused and misapplied and many people use it many atheists use it to get christians to just shut up and so the atheists can you know talk about what you know policy should be uh here and there and what's right and what's wrong but not christians christians just need to you know stick their head in the sand let their families get destroyed by the vices of popular culture and hear no evil see no evil no that's not what jesus is saying there in fact jesus goes on as we pointed out to say, first remove the beam out of your eye, then take the speck out of your brother's eye. In other words, uh, he, he said, because you'll be judged in the way that you judge. So if you have a beam in your eye, you're living in sin, you're, you're practicing sin, you're in rebellion to God, and then you judge somebody else, well, guess what? And you're judging their behavior, saying this is wrong, then you're being hypocrite. But then he says, take the beam out of your eye first, then take the speck out of your brother's eye. Because if there's a beam in your eye, brothers and sisters, and you're living in sin, you need to repent because you can't help anybody. You're hurting yourself, you're hurting your family, you're hurting your loved ones around you. And if you got a beam in your eye and you see a problem with somebody else, you're, you're practically blind, so you're going to poke their eye out. When you take a speck out of a brother's eye, I think it's amazing that Jesus used that imagery. You've got to be really careful. So it's important that you make sure that you're not practicing sin, that your vision is not crowded. Otherwise, you're going to be harsh. You're going to be uh, have a critical spirit. You're not going to come to that person in love, seeking their well-being. What's incredible about this passage is Jesus goes on to tell us to make a series of judgments right after he says, judge not, lest you be judged. Now, is there a contradiction there? No, because his context is don't judge hypocritically. But after you've taken the beam out of your eye, here's the judgments that you need to make. And I pointed out in the last show in verse 6, do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, he's not talking about, you know, hogs and dogs, little animals, but he's talking about people that act as hogs and dogs. And obviously, you need to make a judgment. You need to discern whether you're casting your pearls before swine or or, you know, you're casting that which is holy before dogs. So he calls us to make judgments. After we've taken the beam out of our eyes, we are to make judgments. In fact, he tells us a little bit later in the same passage to make a judgment between two different roads, which one we're going to take. And he says in verse 13, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who enter it. So Jesus tells us that we need to make a judgment between the two different roads. Which one's narrow? Which one's broad? Which one to take? And of course, Jesus is the narrow road. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Then right after that, he tells us to make more judgments. He tells us to make judgments regarding those who claim to be prophets, those who would seek to lead us spiritually. And he says in verse 15, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. You see, you'll know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, 
or figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Twice Jesus says that we'll know the false prophets by their fruits. Therefore, he's expecting us to be as Christians, fruit inspectors, to make judgments, to say, hey, is this good fruit or is it not? Does this teacher bear good fruit or does he not? In fact, he gives us more instruction as how to discern the difference between good and bad fruit regarding teachers. In the very next verses after that, he says in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Notice that these false teachers, these false prophets, and those who are saying, Lord, Lord, that don't know Jesus, he says a couple things that are really important for us to understand. They did not, number one, do the will of the Father. They were not genuine Christians taking up their crosses, denying themselves, following him, saying, not my will, but your will be done, Lord, for my life. Rather, Jesus said they were practicing lawlessness. They were in rebellion to God. They hadn't turned from their sin. They were unrepentant. Their philosophy of life was do what thou wilt, yet they were naming the name of Jesus. They were the very ones who practiced sin and rebellion, and when they were confronted, said, judge not lest you be judged. So the scriptures tell us we're supposed to beware, as Jesus said, of false prophets. We're supposed to test them. The Bible says, test everything and hold fast to that which is good. In fact, can you imagine a bunch of sheep together? They're hanging out. They're, they're you know, drinking. They're eating the, the, the really, you know, yummy grass from the pasture. And all of a sudden, wow, this really strange sheep comes up and he's just like really bulky. He's got like really huge gray ears sticking out of his costume. And one of the sheep says to the other, hey, you know what? Something's wrong with that sheep over there. He's got like really long fangs. And, and the other one says, judge not lest you be judged. That would be devastating, folks. We need to make righteous judgment. Otherwise, we will be devoured. We need to judge righteously according to God's word and with hearts full of love for Christ and with gentleness and respect. Thanks again for being with us in another episode of the Good Fight Radio Show. We hope this was helpful to you. We look forward to next time. Until then, we want to encourage you to press on on Jesus, to know the Lord and make him known. Keep your eyes on the cross and your hands on the plow. God bless. You've been listening to pastor and author Joe Schimmel on the Good Fight Radio Show. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, please visit goodfightradio.org, where we feature many eye-popping and life-changing resources on DVD and CD, as well as an archive of previously aired shows. You can visit our podcast page at goodfightradio.org to find many of Pastor Joe's full Sunday morning teachings. If you've been blessed by this show and would like to share this blessing with others, you can help support our ministry by visiting our donate page also at goodfightradio.org. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We thank you for tuning in. Join us next time on the Good Fight Radio Show. Just one thing